All right. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. 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 How's just, things uh, over there? Everything okay? Yeah. Yeah. Just wrapping up my work day and trying I'm just to get uh, started on mine. It's still, I never understand what's going on with the time zones. It's I like, know, right? <laughs> I've been doing it for, I, I don't know, like 12, 13 years I've been dealing with multiple time zones and I swear I'll never get used to it. Just like yeah. people are online and they either answer me or they don't and they'll get back to me when they do. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I, I mean I, I kind of like i've embraced the asynchronous working to a, an, an extreme extent i guess <laughs> yeah i remember yeah. like my the previous company i did a lot of re remote work for they're based in the most people are in the us but there's some in europe and i would occasionally come over to japan for like you know a month or two and uh, I swear one of the, you know, I'd always try and give them a heads up that like, oh, I'm going to be on a different time zone. But I swear one of the times people are, you know, messaging me and I'm like, I, I like, I'll, I'll get back to you in the morning. And they're like, hold on, wh where the hell are you? <laughs> I'm like, I'm in Japan. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I was not aware of this. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, we can just, you know, that's, that's the beauty of remote and asynchronous flexible working, right? Yeah, it can be a pain, but uh, oh, yeah, I, not I notice a new feature. Or I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it says recording audio only. Yes. New thing that I added, a new label that lets you know whether you're recording just audio or audio and video because video recording is optional. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's know, also so... both um, storage and well, storage heavy and I guess bandwidth heavy as well if you're recording everything. Exactly. That's one of the reasons why I introduced that switch so that video recording can be optional. That way, if you don't really need to capture video, then why? You know, why use up resources and right? Well, make... so, again, oh. this kind of comes back to our discussion last last time about storage costs, right? Yep. <laughs> video isn't cheap. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention, you know, just putting more burn on the whole process, you well, know, yeah. capturing. You've you got to upload it and you've got to well, you capture it, upload it and process it, right? So, yeah. Do all that stuff. And if, if you don't need it, then why? Why yeah, bother? I, so I, a lot of podcasters don't, are not interested in video. They, they just want to record audio. So I think from yeah. what I've, this is, I guess, somewhat anecdotal, both from what I've seen and I had a discussion last week with somebody about doing some like podcast stuff. And I think there's this idea, especially around like corporate podcasts or like ones that are more, I don't want to say professional, but done by businesses instead of by people. Mm -hmm. I think this idea of being able to repurpose, you know, stuff as like YouTube clips or, you know, like as a tweet with some video or things like that. I think that seems stronger in that for those kind of creators. Whereas uh, I guess just straightforward podcasters are like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And plus yeah. it's, I mean, it's nice. It, it makes the recording process easier when you can see each other just because, you know, it's easier to uh, communicate when you can see somebody, but uh, yeah, for the actual end result, yeah, don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'll share my update since we're talking about this stuff. So this week I've, I'm supposed to be doing some marketing related stuff, but I haven't because I've been trying to squash some bugs that have come up. Some people using the product have reported some issues. A couple of them were kind of major because it kept them from using the product. Kind of major. Yeah. So I kind of got concerned about that because I hadn't seen that before. And luckily one of them, at least it turned out to be an easy fix and it had to do with cameras capturing really high resolution, like, you know, 4k or, you oh, know, right. Yeah. 
which generates a lot of data, just an incredible amount of data. And I found that FusionCast wasn't handling that much data properly. So <laughs> it was breaking, you know, basically after a few minutes. Well, the first person who reported it, it was breaking after a few seconds into right. recording and it was not working and at that, all. That's, I guess that's something, yeah, you got to consider is like for casual podcasters like us, yeah, you're just using the in computer like webcam right which is yeah. like probably low bandwidth kind of you know it's obviously crappy quality but yeah, yeah. if they're semi pro or, or they know what they're doing they're likely to have a big 4k slr sat behind their computer right yeah some people have a pretty advanced mm -hmm. setup and 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 that's why i guess it hadn't come up before because most people are using just regular cameras and yeah. and not super advanced stuff like that but yeah i was able to fix that luckily it wasn't too bad i mean it took a couple of days of debugging and can you basically ask for a smaller version of the video? Uh, how do you deal with it? Yeah, so so basically I would like to allow or provide for capturing 4K video, but at this point it's not, you know, it's beyond the scope of what FusionCast Seriously. can do. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> bringing in your scope uh, at first at least anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, technically it could handle it, but the problem is you really need, first of all, you, you can... I guess you can add, a, let's say you add an external 4K camera to mm. your computer. So just because the camera is 4K doesn't necessarily mean your computer can handle it, right? Because right. if you don't have a powerful enough computer with a really good network connection, then it'll lag and it'll become a bottleneck and it right. becomes a problem for FusionCast to And things get out of sync and stuff as well. Like. Things get out of sync and so... Technically, it could handle it, given that it's a good enough computer with a good enough network connection. But, you know, I don't have control over that. So it's really hard to handle, at least for me, you know, solo developer. <laughs> Again, on way out of scope for this, this level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's way out of scope because everyone has different kinds of setups. And even for myself, I have a 4K camera, but it's an external camera. My laptop is kind of old now so it kind of handles it but for uploading and you know continuously uploading the stream with my wi-fi connection which is not the greatest in this part of the house you know it, it has some some issues so what i what i'm doing is i'm dropping the resolution even if it's a 4k camera it'll drop it to full hd Okay. Which is, still, still, you know, it's okay. still really good quality, but it's, you know, it's, it's able manageable. To handle it. Yeah, it's more manageable. <laughs> I mean, it's a fraction of the the data bandwidth, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy the the amount of data that 4K generates. It's a huge jump from really full HD to to um, 4K. I mean, I, I I guess maybe to do with my age as well, but I I really find it difficult to see the difference. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's it's very unnoticeable, really. It, it really is. I mean, again, unless I'm you know pixel peeping and i'm right up to it i really find it difficult to see the difference i mean yeah i mean there's certain content which you you might kind of go oh that looks sharp but for general stuff i mean really I, no <laughs> yeah and, and yeah exactly and and the other thing is a lot of places that you upload these videos that you may capture <laughs> they're gonna compress, 4K, the hell out they're gonna anyway, compress right? <laughs> yeah they're gonna compress it anyway so especially when we're talking about the web you know yeah, it, it's gonna get compressed right? anything yeah. in youtube is like yeah that's <laughs> it's better but it's still not great <laughs> yeah yeah well, i still remember the youtube you know postage stamp kind of like <laughs> tiny first flash clips the so, little videos yeah. yeah it's come on a little bit since then 
<laughs> yeah. So that's the way I'm handling it, dropping the, the resolution to full HD. Basically, the way, it, the way it handles any video now is it attempts to set it at full HD. And if the camera can handle it, then it'll do that. And if it doesn't, then it'll drop it to the next best available resolution that okay. the current camera can handle. But then another issue that was reported had to do with interruption of recording, like sudden interruption of recording, like for example, someone changing their Wi-Fi connection in the middle of recording right. or the connection just dropping, you know, for whatever reason. Someone reported having an issue with that where they couldn't get back to recording after something like that happened, where the, the network of the guest dropped. So that one has become a little more challenging to fix just because dealing with sudden interruption of recording is a big deal in the FusionCast the environment. system, and, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, it relies on data being there to upload and getting acknowledgements and everything, and then suddenly everything stops. It's like, it, whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and if you, if you keep in mind that it's continuously uploading and buffering data and dealing with a lot of moving parts... So all of a sudden stopping like that, where the network is gone, it's like a freight train that's full speed ahead. And, <laughs> and you know, all of a sudden it just yeah. has to come to a stop. Yeah. And what do you do with all that energy that's being pushed mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it doesn't have anywhere to go, mm -hmm. right? You know, all this data <laughs> is flowing, it's, it's going and it's a lot yeah. of moving parts are happening. And then all of a sudden, bam, you know, yeah. no network. Yeah, that's so, it's, I mean, it basically just kills everything, right? Yeah, yeah, you've... yeah. There's nowhere yeah. for you to go with that, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now if you think about, let's say there's a session going on where there's two or three people participating and one of them has a problem and their network breaks, they're out of the session, they're out of the picture at that point, but everybody else can continue recording. Ooh, everybody else is still in the session. So yeah. Fusionka has to handle that scenario where things have to continue for the ones that can, but the mm -hmm. one that that was dropped, it has to deal with that as well That's and bring a very them, good point. Hmm. you know, bring them back into the session in a graceful way. And what I found is that FusionCast wasn't handling that gracefully before. And right now I'm in the middle of improving that, but basically there was not, not much guidance. It, it was just, it dropped. So the user had to figure out what to do, how to come back and, and rejoin the session. And even if they were able to do that, I guess there were some issues where getting them back into the session where everybody else is already they're still recording right so right, they have right. to come back in and pick that up and wow. and automatically start recording so that sounds tricky <laughs> yeah it's kind of tricky so so i'm doing some work to improve that and how that whole thing is handled more gracefully do you think um, you can manage the coming back into because it's, it's the coming rejoining that sounds like the the nightmare bit in there i mean dropping one of the streams and you know truncating that file seems doable but yeah trying to pick up an extra stream where it that sounds not easy <laughs> yeah exactly i it's, mean it's is, a... is that enough to not deal with that you know uh, is that something that you, you you think you could just like so thankfully because i had this auto recording feature already kind of in place like the auto recording of when course. you join i kind of tapped into that functionality to you know help get that participant back into the session and start recording automatically but before that can happen it seemed like i needed to add a little more guidance 
a screen that comes up when they lose connection to the network lets them know rather than saying that the network connection is gone just by showing a, an alert. I basically take them to a completely different screen that just deals with that instead yeah. of keeping them in the studio. Because at that point, it's pointless to stay in the studio because they're not you're there not, really. Not, yeah, you're not, you're not part of that session at all, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I take them to a different screen completely that guides them and tells them what's going on. And it waits for the network connection to be reestablished. Mm -hmm. And once it's reestablished, then they can see, okay, it's back. And now I have this button to request to join again, right? right. So it's, there's a little more visual cues of gotcha. what's going on yep. and more guidance. And when they click on that button, then they're taken back into the the waiting room and, you know, back to the first step right, as, right, right. as so, they so usually that, do to does... join the session. Their recording effectively, you end up with just an extra recording, which happens exactly. to start not at the beginning, but like wherever they rejoin. So exactly. it's up to the editor to deal with that. Not your problem, right? But exactly. at least it, it lets you recover in some graceful, as graceful as possible way, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, that's nice. If, yeah, yeah, so... if you can pull that off, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I have confidence in you, don't worry. Because <laughs> no, especially like, I'm, I'm just thinking of the scenarios that would be useful in, and, you know, especially if there's three of you doing some kind of recording, you know, you can deal with one person falling off and then them rejoining and just, it, you might be able to, you know, as if you're interviewing someone else, you might be able to pull that yeah. off better than everybody just getting kicked out or something, right? Yeah. yeah. If you can pull it off in that way, then that'd be, that'd be nice. Yeah, and that's the way it's shaping up to be. I'm still working on that stuff, but it's looking good. But there's still some loose ends that I still need to tie down. And in the process of working on that, I discovered a few little tangentially related bugs, little things that weren't working the way they were supposed to. And so I'm cleaning that up as well as I go. Nice. So how, how's your, you say these report were reported by users as well. So have you added any, any more to it or is this your still your current user? I added, I think a couple of people since we last spoke. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to do marketing stuff Get that I was soon. supposed to do this week, yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah, that's the way it goes. This, yeah, sadly this, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is higher priority at this point because I don't want issues where the user is not able to use the product. You know, that's right. really bad. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I mean I I I'm not gonna give you a hard time about <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should. I feel like it's my responsibility to say, no, that's that's a post relaunch fix, but I also know the frustration when you can see that I mean so I had, you know, a few of these with, with dot plan that like, you know, I'm like I can't release with this unless you know there's a, i know there's a bug under these circumstances or i know this doesn't deal with this condition and then literally nobody has come up against this at all and yeah but i fixed it <laughs> um, but i know i probably shouldn't have it, it's yeah i could have left it and so i i know the 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 feeling of being compelled to like prioritize this so i can't really give you a hard time even though i feel <laughs> i should <laughs> Because I do the same thing. So, I mean, I, I'm so, yeah. So what's, what's been happening with Dotplan? So the, the big thing here is so that the, the customer, which I effectively signed up with like the, this Japanese customer. So they've got a kind of, it's not, it's not even a, is it a soft deadline? So I've agreed to add a feature for them. And it's one of those things that I knew I should have done when I built it, but I 
did just I actually did convince myself that I'm not going to need that. That's that's not important. Well, it turns <laughs> out it is. Uh, okay. <laughs> and that's the the so because we've added this time card thing in, you know, like check-ins, check-outs and that that Right. On my current um plan especially with regards to selling to Japanese so I, I can't remember if we talked about this, but I've spoken to a few, again, a few kind of mentors and people locally in Japan about selling it in Japan. So the big pushback or the big feedback, which all of these, you know, both VCs and mentors has given me is that like, it's, it's not impossible, but don't try selling to bigger customers now. It's just really not worth your time going there you know if if things work mm-hmm. out then they'll know about you anyway but really mm-hmm. just don't don't bother they're going to give you so much hassle and requests and there's there's this definite compliance and all kinds of stuff yeah so one of the the more um the things i see a lot with regards to bigger customers and i saw this quite a lot at the the startup that i was at here previously is that <clears throat> japanese bigger customers don't see that there's a lot of partnerships happen here. Like, you know, small, a, a bigger customer with, you know, like enterprisey type customer with a lot of like, smaller customers that they sell to, they sell all these existing products and they want to add you as one of their products. And so they offer this, well, we do a partnership, you know, there's some kind of, you know, revenue share and, you know, we'll, we'll basically sell your application as, you know, along with ours. And it sounds great, but the, there seems to be this, and, and again, speaking to other companies, this seems to happen a lot is that that means they think they own your roadmap <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't become your product. It becomes what they decide they, your product is going to be. And I don't know how common this partnership thing is outside of Japan. It just seems incredibly common here for smaller startups, startups in general, they, they seem to have this, you know, this path to market of becoming or getting a partner. That's a, a bigger company that can effectively resell for you. But that means you effectively become <clears throat> beholden to every single urgent request and there, you know. Yeah. And, uh, multiply that times, however many of those type of customers you have, and each one is pulling yep. you in a different direction because they would think the product should do this and yes. the other one thinks the product should do that. Right. It, it completely irrespective of what your product is. They just have come up with a, a, a an idea of what it should be and they'll mm-hmm. sell that and then tell you that well it's got to do this by next week because we've sold this and it's not even you know within your yeah. company or you don't even know who it's being sold to so it's yeah it's less than uh, optimal so the, the big feedback is here is sell to startups i mean there's this huge push I, I can't remember if i mentioned this last time there's a huge push here in japan for the government trying to encourage graduates or younger mm-hmm. people to to start their own companies because you know japan is way behind in this regard as far as younger people you know, being entrepreneurial and starting software companies so the the big feedback here is like sell to them that they're you understand them you know i i kind of are on the same wavelength anyway they have got no problem with putting in a credit card and paying you know 50 dollars for something whereas again trying to get a big company to pay anything is like well there's a process and there's a department that will <laughs> yeah, yeah so the big thing yeah. is just sell to small startups and again they're, they're you understand what they're trying to do you understand their problems you can communicate with them they're more likely to 
understand English as well, because again, university students and graduates who are starting a company, they'll be more exposed and be better at English anyway, whereas a bigger company is like less likely to have some English knowledge, which just you know, helps me communicate outside of the Japanese route, which I'm also taking. So, so along those lines is like, okay, the big thing here is that for compliance reasons, you have to keep time cards, right? Um, right. For everybody, uh, unless you're a director level, or I think there's a limit of 10 million yen a year, which is like hundred K dollars. If you're below that, you have to keep time cards of when you start work, when you stop work, supposedly to the, the reason being is to stop overwork that it's debatable whether that has, whether it works, but that's the, yeah. the theory behind it anyway. That's, that's the reasoning behind it. Yes. I mean, overwork is a massive problem here. And, you know, there's been a number of deaths through, you know, people doing like, you know, 100 hour weeks and things for like oh, months wow. at a time. And so like trying to keep companies in check is is a big so even if a company doesn't they should be doing and they probably know that they should be doing so if we can make that easy and part of their normal communication then it's a win so it, that's one of the the core messages that i'm going to try to communicate with the sales process in for selling to mm -hmm. japanese companies is like simply you know a, a very simple way of keeping track of your your working hours you know for compliance reasons as right. well as the the more the core idea of you know being you know communication and empathy and being able to share your day as well so right. try to mix those two together you know give them as a there's a good reason why you should be doing it for you know logistical and compliance reasons and then there's the added benefit of this as well so we added time cards and the the easiest thing to do when viewing time cards is show them by month right Mm -hmm. because right. all I have to do is put show them current month and you go forwards and back, you can select a month. Well, that's not, of course, not how companies work, is it? Japanese companies tend to pay around the 20th to the 25th. 25th, 26th is the start of the next month. All your bills tend to go out on the 25th or 26th. It, it's generally around there. So people get paid between the 20th and 25th, depending on the company. And that's when they expect time cards to be recorded from so your payslip is calculated mm -hmm. on from around the 20th to the 19th ish mm -hmm. so of course they're like yeah well we need it from the 20th to the 19th every month and it's like uh. of course you do <laughs> <laughs> so again they're like it's fine we're just doing this with excel you know we just opened the previous month and we cut and we paste and yeah it's fine we can do it and i'm like i that i can't <laughs> let you just do that every time you do it it's like a grain of sand in your shoe right it it's yeah, every single yeah. time they do this they're going to be like oh bloody top plan right <laughs> and so yeah. it's like this is yeah. a reasonably easy thing for me to change to improve upon and it just you know it gives that well you know i'm listening to the the needs of the customers and you know it, it's just it's bugging me that they have to work around this every single month right so i'm like okay i've got to i've got to do this i've just got to you know have a time you know date range for viewing time cards and and it's one of those just add a date range right <laughs> it's amazing how many small <sighs> niggly things that come up with this right so the obvious one is okay so i i just added two date picker things again date pickers are stupidly a pain in the bum that they're yep. not like how is this not completely and utterly solved in on a web browser now? It, it's so there's, yeah. there's a pretty decent one. It's like vanilla date picker or something like this, and it, it does the job. And there's a version that does Tailwind that's in Tailwind, but it's, it's 
it's not quite right and it kind of forces other preset formatting on it so it's like <clears throat> way too long trying to fiddle around with that and it's like i just mm -hmm. want a date and a date range picker and uh, yeah. it, it's fine so it's kind of uh, got that looking more or less as i want it to which is way more work than it should be so then you go okay well you've picked a date range so what happens if they press the previous month well under normal circumstances that makes sense right because if you've gone the 20th to the 19th press previous you still want to see the 20th to the 19th but of the mm -hmm. previous date range right but mm -hmm. when someone is um looking at the current month say they show from the 1st of february to the 28th of february what happens when they press previous month then well you want to see from the 1st of january to the 31st 31 days in january i don't know mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. right you want to see the month right not until the 28th of january so right. how but how do i know that they wanted to look at a month instead of a date range then it's like oh that's different isn't it yeah <laughs> and, yeah huh. and then what happens if they select you know the first of january 2020 and they're looking at the you know 31st of february 2022 that's i don't want to show them two years worth of data so then i've got to add pagination mm -hmm. i didn't have pagination on that or do i just restrict the time the date range to maximum of three and there's all these like stupid yeah little cases when i'm like <laughs> viewing a month was easy this it i'll just add a date range right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh man dealing with dates is always a pain well it's the other thing a... is the other fun thing as well is time zone very dependent on time zones right because you're doing yeah. check-ins you're doing clock in clock out you know work start work stop work stop work stop and of course they're doing it here in japan of course i store everything in utc because that's necessary which means you select a date range well i'm you've you're in japan has selected the date range which means this time date range in utc right which means everything has to be you know converted through time zones for literally mm -hmm. every single query and keeping track of that is it's an effort <laughs> yeah so that's been my week again uh, it's such a trivial little thing so the one of the the sh fixes i'm going to try and do to make this less flaky or less susceptible to user input problems is to add an option for an organization to say when does your month start okay so rather than the, the date range will be there and it will kind of work but there's going to be places where it's not going to be optimal because i'm not taking care of necessarily every single edge case of all these mm -hmm. but i still want to provide them the option of being able to say show me you know from the you know the, show me last week mm -hmm. but given that this company's always starts on the 20th of the month let them set a start date for their month Mm -hmm. and default to that that means the back and the forward will work because you know it, there's it, it will you know set to the 20th to the 19th going back will show them the previous 20th and 19th and mm -hmm. it's unlikely that they're really going to use the range selector that often it that's going to be a a niche case rather than the standard case if every time mm -hmm. they went to the page they have to select last month and then this month this date the chance of error is high right because they'll get right. the wrong month i mean i do it right? you select start date and you oh i've got to go back a month and then you click it again and you just get the wrong month you've you've yeah. you always got to be kind of on top of making sure that you're entering the right thing yeah yeah 
so if I can default to what they expect, then I'll get it right 95% of the time, right? And then right. they do need a specific date range, you know, let's say, yes, they do need from, you know, September the 1st until, you know, August the 19th, you know, other way around, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> then they can still do that. But that's only going to be, you know, a niche request. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just just to, wow. just add date ranges. It can't be difficult, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I open like, oh, this is a nice can of worms. What's in here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've exploded all over my desk. Um, Dealing with dates is such a pain. And time zones, man. I nice don't, combo there. <laughs> I don't envy you at all. <laughs> so that's, yeah. It, I say I'm, I'm, I'm 80% of the way through this. So I'm kind of like, I've, okay. I've, I've got it all working. I just need to make it not as brittle now and just add some validation stuff to some guards to make sure they can't go crazy and do stupid stuff with it you know so that's yeah i've, I've broken its back it's just gotta get this done and and so <laughs> yeah that's been my week a good fun wow yeah the fun never ends right <laughs> mm, yeah and and so doing this as well i i'll just get phoenix up to date as well which it, to be honest it, phoenix is I think this is an offshoot of Elixir being, uh, and Phoenix for this matter, being very unmagic. I mean, there's what it provides you feels like magic as an end user, just like I wrote this code and it makes me do all this live edits to my page. And it, it's fa- mm-hmm. fantastic, but it's very explicit about what you're doing. You know, Rails yeah. has this, I think, somewhat justified like myth of it being magical. And oh, look, you, you know, it's, it's all there's all this stuff happening under the surface and you get like this abstract way of doing it. Once you know rails quite well, it doesn't, you don't feel like that. It's just, it's, it's quite a common meme, right? That rails is is magic. Phoenix never feels like this. It's everything you do is very, it feels a lot like rails. And you know, when you first create a project and you start like working on it, it's like, I know this, there's models here, there's views there. There's it, it all kind of feels very familiar, but everything is much more explicit. There's, there's, you never hit a point where you're like, I don't know where that's getting set. It's like, no, there's this pipeline, or there's all these plugs and it goes through here, that does that, and then it does that. It, it's like the, a, a yeah. very easily followable path to where you are right now. And that makes it, when you do an update, the updates tend to be, well, this has changed in this part of the path, so therefore I just need to change this. It never feels like, and now nothing works. It never feels like that. It, it feels like a very straightforward upgrade path. And they've been, you know, their documentation is is fantastic. So it, it was, I was kind of dreading it. And then, oh, I you know, spent a few evenings doing it and I'm on the latest Phoenix. So I'm glad I, I did that. <laughs> I was less successful with the JavaScript dependencies updating, but <laughs> we'll not talk about it. Oh man. <laughs> so you, yeah. So you've been busy with, um, Yes. So the, yeah, my, my the, the all my best level. intentions of of doing some you know redes- landing page complete redesigns and everything have also been like put on the shelf for another like, week or two just because it's like I okay, get this. So this customer again, they're, they're kind of getting preferential treatment just because of how much they've helped me with the you know they were the most vocally helpful with through the beta process just like you know they're they're really relying on it and they've just been really helpful with all of their feedback i've gone into their office a number of times and they just sat with us like this is this is what we need it to do and this is what where we're feeling that it it's not right so they've just been so helpful yeah of course they're getting you know preferential treatment but um yeah so 
they're kind of going live with the whole company using this in very soon. So it's like, okay, let's get these, these things sorted for them. So they, they go into it with a good feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's super important to keep these early customers, you know, close, right. Just because they've been, they've been so good and uh, you know, I'm I'm treating them as I'd I'd like to be treated. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're giving you um, a vote of trust and mm. confidence you know even though they know the product is in its early stages and right exactly and they, they're patient with any issues that come up and that's invaluable that's amazing to have mm-hmm. that kind of support and product and customers that that are willing to give you a chance you know that this early stage that's Completely. always i'm so grateful for that too i, I have a couple of users who have been very supportive and very vocal about it and recommending it and to other people and even though it has its issues and it's not quite there yet, but really grateful for, yeah. for that. I mean, I think this comes back to, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, about, you know, trying to be an authentic, you know, creator. You're not a yeah. faceless corporation. It's you and, you know, you're doing your best and you want to make the right thing for people, right? So it's, yeah. uh, and it, <clears throat> you know, it's, you know, my, my default feeling for, especially when you, you come across quite a, an obviously well-financed startup that's trying to do something versus an, you know, an indie maker or something that you, you're aware of the person or the, the, the handful of people that built it, your, your tolerance and your, the amount you, just how you feel about it in general is so different, right? You're, yeah. you're much more willing to, to give feedback. You're much more willing to uh, just give things a chance and, uh, not overlook, but be supportive of it rather than just be like, well, this sucks, <laughs> which yeah. is very easy to do for something that you think is just like a well-funded team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, cause you feel like there's no excuse, right? At right. that point exactly. you feel like, well, I mean, how many engineers do they have working there? And this is what they do. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. That, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. That That's a very common thought process. It's like, you yeah. mean you, it costs you and you can't. Okay. Speaking of interesting little products, so this is this is something that I, I found this week. It's an app called Tango. So one of the um, requests which I have had again from Japanese customers, more so than non-Japanese, is a manual. <laughs> I know okay. this seems great, but basically <laughs> some kind of a help system. So I started off a knowledge base thing, which I'm using, what's it called? E-E-E-Eager? Is it? Yeah, I, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But and that's quite nice for putting together a, a knowledge base thing. But okay. for that also, the it's a pain to write these things, right? Because <laughs> it's really difficult to say, and then click on this, go and take a screenshot and, you know, and then, yeah. you know, then do this and fill in this here. And it, it's just a very boring process to make any form of help documentation, right? I think yeah, probably yeah. feel the same. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's not fun at all. It's not but, fun at uh, all. So I'm thinking oh, maybe, so, uh, go ahead. no, I was, I was going to say maybe video is like, right. we talked, I know we've talked about that before where, you know, maybe video is a better way to go yes. about it. Right. So that, that was my feeling too. But of course, then I've got, well, okay, Japanese customers, I have to then record Japanese videos, which mm. is, you know, <laughs> they might be like, okay, this guy really needs to sort his Japanese out, or I can pay somebody to record it for me. But so this is an interesting one. Tango, what it lets you do is it, it it's a Chrome extension thing. You activate it, you say record a new flow or something. I think it calls it flow or kind of workflow or something. You then mm-hmm. do the action in okay. in your browser and then you click finish. 
it takes screenshots of that part of the screen with the thing highlighted that you clicked and it's and it will auto fill it in using like alt tags and tag uh, and button names and things like that so for instance creating a new user add, adding adding a, a new user to your system you know mm -hmm. you go to settings you know workspace settings members click add user type in their email address uh, click send and that's that's it but that would take me it's just i really don't want to do that it's like yeah. it, it's such a painfully process to go through so this you you hit record you effectively go and do those things it gives you a series of screenshots and text click on this click on that click on the other the buttons are highlighted on your screenshots and you can just export it or you can link to it on that platform and it's like oh, okay i could rattle through this in half an hour produce like 20 how-to guides for things like you know change making someone an admin or you know like editing your time card things like this which are like it's obvious you just click on this button but still it's obvious to me it's not necessarily yeah. obvious to an end user so i'm gonna give this a go and just try and make using this just because it's again it, it comes up every single time with japanese customers they're like need a, a manual or at least a, a a help system of some kind that is i don't know it's just it's really difficult to talk myself into doing it. <laughs> Even though I know how to know what I need to do and I know that I need to, it's less yeah, easy yeah. to actually convince myself to start on it. <laughs> so hopefully yeah. this will, will again, it, it'll get me 70% to 80% of the way there. So it's like, okay, well, it's kind of done now. I just need to finish it off. So gonna try Yeah, it sounds like it's a pretty useful tool and it'll be helpful. I will report in how it goes. <laughs> All right. Is it a paid service? Or? It do, there is, but it, there's also a, quite a good freebie. I'm trying to remember. Tango.us, I think it is. Tango.us. Yeah, create step-by-step -step documentation with screenshots in seconds. There we go. So yeah, unlimited workflows. Uh, the, it's got logos on it. And it's got watermarks on the things. If you pay $12 a month, you can blur sensitive information, things like that. You can do with more people. So freebies looks good enough for me to start off with. And then, you know. I'm all for the freebie accounts. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Although speaking of which, I just got uh, Mixpanel telling me that my free account is now going to be $300. <laughs> I was oh. like, cancel. <laughs> <laughs> they have like, it's one of these, what seems to be common in big Silicon Valley, well-funded startup type things. It's like, oh, we're giving yeah. you $50,000 worth of credits. And you're like, and of course it expires in a year, right? And you've used $300 yeah. worth of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, are you gonna go for it or are you gonna cancel it? Oh, canceled! I immediately three hundred dollars a month. Wow. No, no, yeah. A, I, I think that was, I a think year. It was a year. Yeah, I think it was a, a year? year for the lowest plan. I'm like, still, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, no, yeah still, no, it's quite a bit. I mean, it's interesting. I think there's a free. I think it goes down to a free plan, which is you know well within my budget of clicks. Or if not, then I'll just remove some clicks. And to be honest, it. it I mean, I'm, it's interesting from a an analytics i'm not it's just an it gives me a general idea of you know how people are using it on what times and you know like mm -hmm. so i know when to break it <laughs> yeah hopefully you didn't have a lot of integration code in no I, I mean the, the the nice thing about it is it's literally like just dropping a bunch of you know like track 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 so you know in your elixir code you can just put like a mix panel dot track event and it'll just you know, does it, <laughs> it does so it. Okay. yeah it's just yeah. like find <laughs> comment <laughs>
cool. Yeah, I'm looking at their website here, Tango. No, Tango, say it's, it, it, I'm going to give it a go and see how it works out. But I did just a test with like two things, which, you know, took 30 seconds each to do. And mm -hmm. it got me much further than I have got on any other help documentation so far. So I'm like, okay, I can do that. I've just got to make a list of things that I need to do and then yeah, do that. Nice. Nice find. And then cool. I'll get to the landing page. <laughs> <laughs> really need to do that cool nice looking website too it's interesting yeah it's kind of it looks nice and clean nice. really mm. good looking site mm. very cool just gonna bookmark it in my tools here what's the other main um, tools you because you're using uh, what's, what's the landing page Statamic. yeah yeah i'm using Statamic. Statamic for Statamic, that's it yeah Statamic, yeah. yeah for the marketing site yeah i'm using that with uh, tailwind and yeah still i i love Statamic. it's super flexible but still it's it's a tool for developers really right. you know so it requires that you wire everything up together and some level of maintenance is required you know keeping it up to date and and if you want to do any custom stuff you have to go into the back and code some stuff here and there mostly is markup and templating language what, what's the immediate for something like a landing page what's the it's a static site generator right so if you've got like a blog it'd be great because it could just generate all of your pages and stuff but it as far can, as like you... a landing page what what do you get from just like writing html so say i just made an html um, mm -hmm. page with Tailwind and hosted it on Netlify or something. Is mm -hmm. there, what, what does it give me over that? I, I assume it's for if you're building like a series of pages and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Statamic, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean you can you can build. That's the thing. It's it's really flexible. So you can build anything from like a single page site to like a full blown super complex website. And also you can use it as a static site generator, or you could use it as a kind of like a dynamic website, but it uses static files. Which, oh, that's okay. why it's called static right, because right, right. it it can do kind of like both. It's kind of like both worlds. Okay. static sites but it can be dynamic in the way that it behaves or you can export all your pages as static files which is what i'm doing but yeah you can build anything really with it but there's still a little bit of complexity in in terms of you know it's not just like one of these services where you can just go online log in and make your changes and you're done right you still have to because you make your changes and push your code up to the repo and then mm -hmm. do deployment and that kind of stuff. There's still a little bit of uh, a few steps involved in maintaining your site. And uh, yeah, because I'm using Umso, umso.com for. Oh, yeah, you mentioned pages. that the other day. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it's again, I don't have to do anything. So it's kind of. Yeah, nice. exactly. It's literally a, you know, like select your blocks kind of, you know, yeah. fill in your text. And so I know if I went for a custom page, which again, it, it would be nice to do, but I know I'd spend a million times more fiddling with the layout than actually the content. So using this yeah. is kind of forcing me to like, just focus on what you're actually putting on the page, not how it, you know, how it's laid out, yeah. uh, you know, in code, yeah. not necessarily the content, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sometimes that's something I, I miss, you know, just being able to just drag and drop and, yeah. and, you know, just something simple at this stage is probably ideal to have a setup like what you have with Umso because you don't have 
like you said, you I don't mean, have to worry to honest, about I think the, this is the, the, details. The, the thing which costs me the most in all of the tools I use, and that's like $30 a month. <laughs> mm. yeah. so, but at the same time, the thought of actually going to something that is that I have to do myself is just like, I'll pay the $30. Just it's, it, it's, it's crazy that the, the thing I pay the most for is hosting a static page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I've got all these like servers running all database and things. It's like, yeah, I'm on the freebies of those, but yeah, keeping a, a, a landing page, static landing page up. It's like, well, I'll pay for that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think well, my I mean, priorities you're... may be weird. <laughs> well, you're paying for the convenience and you don't really have am. to, yes. uh, it saves you a lot of time, I'm sure, because exactly. you don't have to yeah. waste time fiddling with all your custom built template and all the custom stuff. It's just trying to figure out coming up with a design and all that. It, it takes forever. So well, again, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. I know I'd spend more time thinking about that than again, the content if I went to custom route. So yeah, <laughs> it's, this is kind yeah. of forcing my, me down a particular, you know, course of action it's like now you've got to think of the content because the design is out of your hands so yeah maybe that's good yeah that's why i kind of settled for a really simple design for now and right. um, i'm still using statomy because it gives me that flexibility but because you know in a way it's also nice to be able to add things your own way oh, like for, sure. for example mm -hmm. i wanted to have that change log mm -hmm. so i just you know did it in statomic it's really easy to to do that as long as you don't spend a lot of time fiddling with the design and stuff you can just create simple pages and that all, all of that is you know it's it's really simple to do but yeah it, it takes a little more time yeah. oh so that, just... that's what i'm using eager eager.app for a help desk like a knowledge base and they have change log and a pop-up thing for what's new so uh -huh. again it's it's a one person indie maker project and yes yeah, so i've started putting these things into that just because it's, ah, it's nice it's, cool. it's cool. got like a help desk email thing so you can um, get like you know people send you help requests that basically has keep keeps it all and then you can link to your knowledge base from it so it's, ah. it seems pretty nice cool yeah. i started playing with uh, what is it called crisp oh yeah yeah crisp is another crisp solution, kind, of like that that. kind of thing right so yeah this is i think you know this is this is it was nice because it's an indie maker and and it was a whole lot cheaper than intercom which is terrifyingly yeah. expensive <laughs> Yeah, I was curious about Crisp because I know some people who are using it and I created an account just to check it out and it looks really good. But if I can help support an indie maker, I would rather go with, with something like that as long as it's, you know, reasonably priced. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah, send me the link if you, mm. if you don't mind. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, Eager.app, but yes, I'll, I'll send you that. Cool. And so what, what are you using for analytics? I'm curious now. We should, we should do a whole thing talking about oh, what tools we, we have in our back pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be a cool episode. So actually for analytics, I haven't done anything yet. I don't want to use Google Analytics. No. Uh, are those the type of analytics you're referring to? That's what to? I was curious about. Yes, yes. So. Yeah. In the past, I've used Google Analytics, but I'm trying to stay away from as much as I can from Google stuff. So my plan is to use Fathom Analytics mm -hmm. at some point, but I haven't done that yet. Yeah. So I'm using uh, Plausible, which again, similar Ooh. idea to Fathom. It's two guys, I think in the UK. I think I've mentioned it before because it's written in Elixir as well. So oh. it's actually that they open sourced the app. And so it's an interesting um, 
it's, it's open source. You can, if you want to host it yourself, you can. Do you want to host your own analytics service? No. Okay. So you pay them. It's not expensive, um, and it's just really good. And so they seem to be doing really well. And yeah, cool. it's super simple, but it's it does everything I need it to. So I like it. It's good. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's a great idea. We should do an episode with just that. What we use and why we like it and what we don't yeah. like about it. <laughs> yeah. Once we have, once we've established some of these tools a little better, because some of these we're still playing around and trying to right. figure out which one to use, right? Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, anything else we want to talk about? I think that's good. We should wrap it up here. All right, Alan, I'll let you go then. Have a great rest of your day. You're just getting started and mine is ending. And enjoy your day. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, man. Take care.